Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Welcome to the show, Gearheads. It's John Massengill sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, joined by my co-host Les Kaiser over Zoom. Jonathan Green is not going to join us today. He is up at Indy doing some Moto America, but we just... Yeah, he's, he's doing the usual up there with his mayhem. We just watched the Eiffel Grand Prix from Germany at the Nürburgring, and Lewis Hamilton wins the race. But it wasn't your typical Lewis Hamilton race win with not much else going on because there was lots of action going on in the race. Les, what did you think of the race, man? Pretty good, huh? Hey, it did not disappoint one bit. Uh, everything was going on. Tire temperatures we saw come into play, especially behind the safety car. Uh, two stop for, for so many of them. It, it was uh, it was awesome. Daniel Loved Ricardo it. on the podium, baby. How about that? Yeah, gonna be curious what this tattoo looks like. It's <laughs> gonna include something uh, something interesting. You can bet. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what Les is talking about, then Daniel Ricardo bet Cyril Bidibul that he would get a tattoo if he got a podium this year. Now there is some argument whether the technicalities of where that podium needed to happen and all that are still happening, but we'll see what happened. But it was a really interesting race. We had lots of action up and down. We had uh, several cars out of the race. I mean, we have five retirements less. And yes. let's see. Yeah, we had uh, Russell, Botas, Ocon, Albon, and Norris all out of the race, all for different reasons. Uh, we had, so let me just run down the order. Lewis Hamilton wins the race. Max Verstappen in second, Daniel Ricciardo, like we mentioned on podium, Sergio Perez in fourth in the racing point. Then we had Carlos Sainz, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc in seventh in the Ferrari. Nico Hulkenberg, who had a surprise race, surprise weekend, finishes eighth. Roman Grosjean for the Haas F1 team finishes in the points. So I guess that makes a point for Grosjean and a point for, uh, for um, Magnussen both this season. And then Antonio Giovinazzi in 10th, Sebastian Vettel outside the points in the Ferrari in 11th, Dan, uh, Kimi Raikkonen in 12th, who, of course, set the record this weekend for the most GP starts ever. And then Kevin Magnussen, Nicholas Latifi, and Daniel Kvyat finishing up the cars that were running in 15th. But, of course, Lewis Hamilton less set ties Michael Schumacher for most wins all time with 91. You've been a Lewis Hamilton fan since I've known you. Yeah, you know, definitely a lot of respect there. Uh, 
you know, we saw it coming. It's been growing on it. Uh, you know, there's a real interesting uh, comment. Mick uh, talked about championships and what his father had told him. And uh, basically that uh, records will be broken. You want that for the sport. Uh, it's, you know, it's exciting. It's all those kinds of things. And as we saw today, this was a great race to see that happen, in particularly for the 91st. Yeah, you know what? I think I agree with that. You know, I've got my favorites in all different sports, and I do love to see those records that stay forever. But it is exciting for the sport. It's good for the sport to see these these records fall. And Lewis Hamilton has certainly earned this this plateau that he has reached at 91 victories. And, I mean, it's almost a certainty that he will, uh, you know, hold that record by himself. And, of course, hold the very likely to hold that seventh championship. Wow, that's amazing to say, isn't it, that Lewis Hamilton will have a seventh championship. But, but the race itself, man, I have several pages of notes starting with the very beginning of the race. Botas being Mr. Aggressive, man, he he forced or Hamilton really forced him across the grass and he stayed in it. He st- kept his foot in it and kept going and kept his lead at the beginning of the race and and was looking very aggressive. And don't you know Toto Wolf was holding his breath less with those guys going at it at the first turn there and uh, but it was exciting to see Botas be aggressive. It was it was it's cool. I think that's one thing that's coming up from Botas that we're seeing more and more. You, you commented on it. We saw some of the uh, past couple of races. Uh, that was a, a, a uh, uh, you know, settle the horses a bit. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, it was exciting from start to finish, man, because, you know, Daniel Ricardo, he had the podium today. He looked good the entire race. You know, starting off at the beginning, he passed Leclerc for fourth on lap eight. So he was aggressive right from the start. Not, you know, Daniel's going to be. He's he's always been an a, aggressive. I wouldn't call him aggressive in the same vein as Verstappen, um, but I, he's always been an aggressive driver. And but in particular, what I what really stood stood out to me was Daniel Ricciardo. So we had the safety car on lap 47 when Lando Norris went out of the race, right? And Ricardo, on the restart, on lap 50, you're, you know, it was, it was Ricardo, it was Verstappen and Hamilton, and all three of them were going at it hard. I mean, isn't that a great restart? Think about it. Those three guys, you couldn't have picked a better, better restart, uh, guys, for, at the, to battle for the front of the race. Because, and, and Ricardo almost got Verstappen. You know, we talk about, I even said it in the pre-show, how we talk about how we think that Verstappen and Hamilton uh, are, and Leclerc, or we think of those as the best drivers in the sport. But Daniel Ricciardo, you got to put him in that conversation, at least, you know, top five kind of guy for sure, because he was battling Verstappen and almost took that, that second place spot from Verstappen. How awesome would that have been? Oh yeah, for sure. That that was great. I was uh, kind of looking forward to it. It's been a while since we saw Ricardo and and Max go head to head on this. Uh, but great, your comment about Ricardo being aggressive—he's smartly aggressive. He's not like you know wild gunslinger, but I mean, good point. He he has a level head on him as he goes with it, and so uh, yeah, 
whereas uh, Max, I feels a, a bit wilder, a bit looser with his aggression. Uh, I like watching Ricardo. It uh, it very definitely seems planned specifically and executed well. Yeah, that's a good way. A little more maturity, a little more chronological time passed with Ricardo. But it, it was really fun to watch him today. And really fun to see the team get this was their first podium since they returned of course right and this this was the first first podium for Renault since they returned to F1 but it was also uh Ricardo's first podium since 2018 that's you know used to we're used to seeing him on the podium back in the day with Red Bull um but yeah first one since 2018 for Ricardo absolutely you know it's great to see we know he's capable of being up there I'm this this uh, always like seeing a driver deliver before they exit a team. And uh, I'm excited to see what next year is going to be for Ricardo. We see what he does in good quality equipment. Yeah, that will be exciting. And, uh, you know, I, you got to figure that the Renault car and, and the McLarens right now are pretty, you know, pretty evenly matched. So it's good. So what about Grosjean? You remember early in the race when, I think it was Kimi Raikkonen, he said that Kimi Raikkonen hit the gravels, I think it was opening lap or second lap, and Raikkonen hit the gravel or hit some gravel or thrown on the track, and something flew up and hit Grosjean's finger, and he was complaining that it might even be broken. I never heard any more of that. I checked on, uh, I checked with uh, the Twitter accounts on Haas F1 team, and I never heard any more about but. But Grosjean ended up obviously doing pretty good. Picked up his first points of the season, finishing P9. Magnussen finishing P13. So we've got a couple of points now for the Haas F1 team. And moving them a little a, a notch off the cellar even further. What about the, the drive from the Haas boys today, Les? Hey, I think that was great. It was uh, looking good. I like the thing in tune a lot of clean racing though uh yeah it was it was tight i hear the dogs at the house less I, I typical uh pandemic zoom type meeting with us that's all right don't worry about it but you know i i was thinking about the the haas team in this year and you know i i think that anytime they can snag a couple points like this obviously great but the the expectation I think it's fine. You know, we're we're we know we're waiting for a year or two down the road with them, and I'm not worried about it at all. But hey, Les, what about the helmet presentation from Mick Schumacher to Mike to uh, Lewis Hamilton? Uh, you know, Michael's helmet. You know that he matched the '91 wins. That was a pretty awesome moment as well. Oh, may have lost Mr. Kaiser. But you know what? Um, I'm just looking down the grid here. Let me look at the. So we had we had uh, Sergio Perez in fourth. You know, at one point, right before the rest, right before the safety car from Lando Norris, Sergio Perez was gaining on Daniel Ricciardo. So really, if you think about the timing of that safety car for that would happen because of Lando Norris, that was actually perfect for Daniel Ricciardo. And I was really excited because when that happened, I was like, okay, this is going to shake this whole thing up. And, you know, obviously the pits exploded then. Everybody brought, came into the pits. And, you know, this erased what, like it was like a, a 58 second, almost a full minute lead that Lewis Hamilton had 
on Max Verstappen that, I mean, on uh, Daniel Ricciardo at that point, because Verstappen was behind Hamilton by about 10 seconds. But that was very fortuitous timing for the safety car for Daniel Ricciardo because he got to come in, fresh tires, reset, and kind of level the playing field back with Perez and and then was able to uh, to secure that podium. But Sergio Perez finishing fourth and Carlos Sainz right behind him. So you had the racing point and the McLaren and then Gasly in sixth. Another good race for Gasly finishing ahead of the Ferrari again, finishing ahead of Leclerc. And then we got to love it that our surprise driver for the weekend Nico Hulkenberg finishing way up in the points. We were thinking on the pre-show, it'd be great if he could get close to the points. We're thinking maybe he finished 13, 14, 15, but finishing in the points. But Les, have I got you back on the line? What'd you, th- what'd you think about, what'd you think about Hulkenberg getting points up in eighth? Oh, okay. Absolutely. That was fantastic. He, uh, you know, solidified what we've been saying about Hulkenberg. He's qualified. He made a lot of wise moves. His early on race, he was aggressive in the start, made some uh, smart, not not overly complicated moves, came up. He consistently just clicked off, check, 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 check. And uh, and then he had some good pit strategy. The timing worked out well for him on that. So uh, way to go, Hulk and team. All right. Well, great. Let's let's go ahead and take our first break. But when we come back, we have a special guest on the phone. We have Linus Lindquist on the phone. Very exciting new young race driver and uh, having a great successful season season. So stick with us through the break. You're listening to Speed City and we'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like, the power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built, Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Winding Road Racing is a leading provider of road racing and performance equipment at each of our locations in Texas, California, Georgia, and Kentucky. But we know some racers want that same high-quality gear, customer service, and pricing without leaving home. Check out the online store at windingroadracing.com. It's got all the same high-quality brands you've come to know us for. Alpine Stars, Stilo Helmets, Chill Out, and AIM Data Systems, all available at great prices and delivered directly to you with free shipping. Log on now at windingroadracing.com. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Gene Haas, for bringing us back from break. I'm sure he's got a smile on his face today, as is Gunther and the rest of the Haas F1 team. You know what, Les, this 2020 crazy season, you never know what to expect, and I am pretty happy about the Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nürburgring in Germany today because it gave us some good racing, lots of interesting things going on. But we have a special guest that has joined us on the phone via Skype and is going to help us break that down. We're going to learn all about his amazing 2020 season. Speaking of 2020, Linus Lundqvist. Linus, welcome back to Speed City. Hi, guys. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Well, thank you for coming back on, man. You have had an amazing season this year. You absolutely killed it here in the United States at the Formula Regional Championship and just cleaned up with this thing and have already secured the championship early. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. For sure. I mean, it's been it's been a great season. Um and we still have one one race weekend to go, but we managed to wrap it up last weekend at uh, at Homestead. So, yeah, for sure, it's been a great year with uh, with one championship. So, yeah, looking forward to to next year. Yeah, and what have you won? Twelve of fourteen races, something like that. Yeah, that's right. So as of right now, it's twelve out of fourteen. We still got three races to go. So I'm I'm planning on uh, buffing that number a bit more. <laughs> oh come on! You got You can't win every single one. That that's pretty amazing, actually. I mean, I I know that you have been uh, an impressive young driver, but did you have any inkling that you could come over and dominate this championship like this? No, and I mean, we spoke about this before. I mean, this year has just been crazy, not just with racing, but from my point of view as well. Uh, just getting into the U.S. I think we spoke about this the last time, actually, uh, was a struggle. And then, obviously, coming here with close to no testing, never driven the tracks or the circuits before, so it was always going to be a challenge. And then, obviously, we got off to a good start at Ohio and then just tried to build it from there. And, uh, yeah, we never we never really stopped. So, uh, you know, um, it was far from, from my expectations, that's for sure. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on, and I, and I want to get uh, – we're going to talk all about your career, the scholarship, your next year, what's coming up. But I want to get your take on some Formula One this year. And uh, did you get a chance to watch the Eiffel Grand Prix today? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, the, the race itself – 
you know, I, I looked for just individual little battles up and down, but uh, my favorite for the, in my mind, the driver of the day, it was a toss between Hulkenberg and Ricardo, but I have to give it to Ricardo for what he did. What do you think of his drive today? Yeah, no, um, I gotta, I gotta agree, and I gotta put another guy up there is uh, Perez. Actually, I think he did a great job. Um, sure. Obviously, coming from ninth up to fourth, and obviously they, they were in for the shot, and I thought it would, it would be a really uh, fun fight to watch if the safety car never came out in the end, if Perez would have caught uh, Ricardo, and obviously we know that Ricardo would, <laughs> would never have left that. Uh, spot without without a fight, so that would have been interesting. Uh, but super, I think I think we're all happy to see Daniel back on the podium and to to see Renault getting their first one in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I am I'm excited. You know, we, this is I believe I wrote in my notes. This is the seventh team we've had on the podium this year, and I think that's the that's the most in a number of years. So, you know, we, we all went into 2020 season having no idea what was going to happen with this pandemic and no idea if we were even going to get racing. But I think this has turned into really a, an amazing Formula One season. And, you know, we, we've seen having with Gasly having his success, Ferrari falling off the radar and and everything else. But what's been your favorite part of the Formula One season, Linus? Um. I mean, you've got to say, in the beginning, it was really nice to see, I mean, when Leclerc fought to the first podium and Norris getting on the podium, and then obviously the races we had at Monza and, uh, you know, those kind of races are always super fun to watch. But um, what I think has been the most interesting this year has been the the fight for uh, more or less third place, uh, or sorry, uh, fourth place with, uh, with a couple of teams, and it's been super close between them haven't it like a tenth or two can can put you from p5 to to p p9 p10 to be struggling for points so that gap and that fight has been uh, really interesting to watch for sure obviously you got mercedes that's on top and then it's been fun to see uh, max trying to challenge challenge as well uh but i think the the battle behind them has been the most fun at least for me I agree with you. This midfield, this last couple of years, the midfield battle has been so good. The times are so tight in that midfield battle. So uh, I, I completely agree with you. But let me ask you a question about, you know, I love to get driver's perspective on what we just saw. And, and before you came on, we were discussing the aggressiveness of drivers like Max Verstappen, and Daniel Ricardo, we were talking about how Ricardo maybe a little more, Les was saying, is a little more mature approach to it. But what do you think about the the styles of of those two particular drivers? Let's start with those two. Yeah, well, I think Verstappen. I mean, looking at not just his F1 career, but even before that in karting and the year he did in F3, he's always been very aggressive. But I think we saw a change change him in or a change in approach with him as well uh what is it one or two years ago um and ever since that you know he's always been super super quick but now he's been able to be super super consistent as well um so uh, and then i think we sort of see the same with with daniel it's just a well-rounded driver isn't he uh and then as we know super aggressive when he needs to be uh and that's why i find so impressive with him like he doesn't really have one mode. He can really switch from being super aggressive to really smooth and really consistent. Um, and that's what impresses me both with, with Daniel and 
especially now Max within uh, the last couple of years. That obviously we know that he's always had the speed, but now he's been able to back it up with consistency and you know pulling some smart moves as well, and not just great aggressive moves. Mm. Yeah, uh, you definitely want to see uh, a driver learn and mature like that, and I think he's doing that for sure. And but you know it is um, it's it's fun for the sport to see aggressive driving. Obviously, we want to see safe driving. But speaking of aggressive driving, did you guys both see Kevin Magnuson and Sebastian Vettel going at it? Linus, did you see that right towards the end of the race? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and then you got Sebastian coming on the radio just like, oh, yeah, I didn't see him until last minute. It's just like, ah, you were fully aware he was on the on the outside. Yeah. And then you wouldn't expect anything less from Magnuson, you know, trying to bring it back in, in the – and the in the right but yeah no it's it's good to see fun battles like that and then, i mean especially maybe with kevin you always uh, you always get fun times for sure yeah when when i wish we had seen that from the very beginning right because as soon as vettel pushed him wide i was like oh you're there's no way that that <laughs> that magnuson's gonna let you get away with that without at least at least some sort of aggression you know you think about these guys and i'm sure you well i was gonna say you sure you've been there but not recently but if you're at the back of the of the field and there's not much going on you got to take what action you can get right yeah no exactly that and i mean maybe i well it wasn't a fight for for the points or whatever but still i mean at the end of the day we're all racers and we all want to compete and win and if that's winning a fight even if it's for 13th or 12th or whatever it's still something that you're going to fight for well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to our guest, Alinas Lundqvist, and he is a Swedish driver, but he came over to the United States and spent some time up in Indianapolis and dominated the the FR Americas Championship, which is essentially the F3 United States version and has just had an incredible dominating season so far. But, uh, but Linus, I, I think I want to go ahead and take our next break. And then when we come back, I want to learn more about what the future holds because you've got an amazing scholarship and uh, next year looks really exciting. So if you stick with us through the break, we'll learn all about that. So listen to Speed City and we'll be back after these messages. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. 
Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steinhoff. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We just got to see the Eiffel Grand Prix in Germany at the Nürburgring and watched Lewis Hamilton win the race to tie Michael Schumacher's 91st victory, 91st overall victories in Formula One, really an amazing record, and got to see him battle with Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo on the restart there with about 10 laps to go, and we had some good racing with Sergio Perez and Carlos Sainz and Gasly and Leclerc and Hulkenberg and Grosjean and, and uh, Giovinazzi finishing out the top 10, so it was a, it was a very good race today, watching, uh, didn't know what to expect today with cold temperatures, it was 48 degrees over there, but we have on the line. I've got Les Kaiser from on Zoom, and I'm in the oh, studio. Yeah. And uh, but we have Linus Lundquist on the line, and we were just talking to Linus before the break about his season so far, uh, dominating. Already clinched the championship with a race to go in the FR America's F3 United States Championship. But Linus, I want to talk to you about next year because having won this, you now are with the scholarship that you've won. You got a free ride in Indy Lights for 2021. Tell us about this scholarship and the excitement for next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I gotta say as well. I mean, from from Honda and Honda HPD, the uh, initiative that they that they took with this scholarship is great. And I mean, for any for any junior driver, it's a 
great possibility to, to be able to progress and take the next step. And exactly like you say, the uh, the winner of the championship championship gets a fully funded drive in the Indy Lights Championship for for the following year, which means that you guys will be seeing me there uh, hopefully next season. So yeah. super excited about that. And obviously, there's still one more race weekend to go here in the um, Formula Regional uh, Championship. So focus is on finishing on top, but obviously you start to think and start to plan a bit ahead for next year as well. Well, tell us. Oh, I gotta a, ask. Go ahead, Les. Know, uh, I got. Yeah. You know, okay. We always think of IndyCar and things like that as American, but we're obviously seeing an international uh, take on it uh, with a lot of other drivers. I gotta ask. Do you have any relationships with Rosenquist and Ericsson? Yeah, I do. Funny you mentioned that. Um, yeah. No. So we we've actually met up a couple of times here in in the U.S. when we're all over. So we actually kind of had a bit of a. I'm not sure if I mentioned this the last time, but we actually had a bit of a dinner uh, or lunch going with me, Felix, Marcus, and Rasmus, uh, and the guy that I'm living with, uh, Johnny. It's also a Swede. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's been nice as well to to have a couple of Swedes here. Um, so you don't forget <laughs> the language and all about that. <laughs> well, Linus, talk about where you're you're are you you're still still staying up in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, that's correct. And how is it, you know, I think we touched on this, but talk about, you know, kind of getting settled in up there and, and you know, it's a big change. And, and how did you, and, and how you ended up deciding to do this championship? Yeah, so obviously moving, well, moving here, it's very different to what I'm used to. Um, and as well, when, when I came here in the beginning of June, um, I, I didn't know anyone. Um, I had spoken to my team boss, Christian, uh, at Global Racing Group, on the phone maybe a handful of times. Um, but that was it. That was uh, more or less the, the closest person that, that I knew here. Um, obviously, I, I was in touch with Felix and with Marcus, and but it was not that I was going to see them on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so we moved here not... Well, not knowing anyone, um, but then luckily I uh, I got in with a good team and they welcomed me with open arms and I got along really well with my teammates as well. So uh, it's been going going well and the decision going here was, I mean, it was not maybe uh, super clear. Uh, let's say at the end of last season, I wasn't 100% sure like this is where I want to go. Uh, so we, we looked at our options and then um, eventually this this opportunity came along and it was too good to turn down um, especially and well I gotta say one of the biggest things obviously being the Honda scholarship and when uh, HPD announced that they were going to support this championship it it seemed like a too good an opportunity to turn down and yeah now here we are uh, six eight months later hmm. you mentioned HPD uh, Honda that is I was uh, curious as you just said that Wow, we've just had the the news that Honda is pulling out of Formula One. Uh, they're a very strong presence in uh, in Indy and the trail going up to Indy. Have you heard any noise or influence that uh, might be headed that direction? Um, no, I think well, we saw what is it a couple of weeks ago that obviously Honda is is committed to IndyCar for uh, a couple of more years, which is really good to see. And I mean, it just strengthened the, the whole IndyCar championship. And as IndyCar gets strengthened, obviously all the junior series leading up to it gets stronger as well. And then obviously with their initiative now supporting both Formula 4 and the Formula Regional Championship, it's um, I think they're in a, a healthy state for sure. Obviously, hopefully, 
Indy Lights next year will go ahead with a competitive field because obviously with it's unfortunate to see it not running this year because we know it's a good good championship just looking at the previous drivers and championship winners and looking at most of the IndyCar field actually it did a couple of races or uh, championships in Indy Lights as, as well so hopefully that will be uh, a healthy series next year as well. You know, Linus, Linus, excuse me. I, I, uh, I was thinking about the F4 and the Formula Regionals and IndyCar and the path to Indy. The, you know, open wheel in the United States right now is really, really strong. IndyCar has a lot of momentum. The ratings are good. The racing is great. It's super competitive, super entertaining. Lots of young drivers up and coming right now. I mean, you've got you know Colton Herta and. I mean, there's so many, and, and it's really exciting right now. And I think your timing seems to be really good. You know, when when growing up in Sweden, I mean, were you thinking Formula One, Formula One? And, and you know, is this is this seemed like um, you would still be just as excited to, to forge a career in IndyCar in the path? What do you think about all that? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, just as excited as I still was in Europe and maybe even a bit more to be honest because it feels like it's more up to me over here in the US because uh, you got the possibility even if you don't have a full budget um, to go all the way to IndyCar to pay for everything there is a progression ladder that really supports the winner uh, which is something that you don't really have or see in Europe um, and I think for any driver I mean that's super exciting that you can actually drive yourself to to the top which is nice and there was, obviously, I grew up watching mostly Formula One, but, I mean, we had the likes of when, when Kenny was doing it. I was really young at the time, but it was still some buzz around it, and I think that still stayed around. And then, obviously, when when Felix and Marcus came along to IndyCar, it brought up a, a lot of attention to it in, in Sweden as well. So for the last couple of years, obviously, it's been getting bigger and bigger in Sweden. So I, I definitely think that, and it's not just only me, uh, but I think a lot of drivers have realized what, what good good progression ladder there is over here in the U.S. and and the possibility of actually making a career. Yeah, it's really one of the most organized ladder systems, you know. And it's funny, you know, Formula One's been doing the same thing with their their uh, their their worldwide F3 regionals and Formula Two, of course. But this IndyCar ladder, and they've had it. They've had the you know the Mazda Road Indy now with Honda's involvement and all that. They've had it, but. It is a very well-run, well-organized ladder system up through. But, but let me go back to something you said. So you think IndyCar has been picking up some uh, some momentum, some popularity back in Sweden and, and around the world? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, just especially uh, maybe uh, within the racing community, it's something that you notice quite quite heavily back in Sweden. That obviously you got a lot a lot of people that's very interested in in Formula One, but when when you get the, the Swedish racing drive and I, and I think what's really healthy for, for Swedish motorsport is when you have people fighting for podiums and wins like you see both Felix and Marcus are doing in IndyCar it, it you know you get a lot of attention to it which is really really nice to see um, and that's why I think as well we, we've gotten a lot more attention to, to IndyCar now um, just the last two years. Well you know one of the things is that there is a good history with Swedish folks coming over to join in. Stefan Johansson was uh, really uh, one of those that bounced around through several of the racing organizations and, and was quite successful. Uh, 
I think you've got a, a great trail to go and, and equal him considering your age and what we're already seeing from you. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, it's good to see him around, still being around the, the paddock as well, uh, Stefan. So, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it would be great to put my name up there as well to, to be <laughs> one of the Swedes uh, that's driven. I, wouldn't, I don't even want to say driven that because we're here to win. So my target is obviously to win uh, an IndyCar. So that's that's hopefully where I'll see myself in a couple of years' time. But until then, just focus on what I have to do. And obviously this year has been going reasonably well. So, um, yeah, just trying to keep that momentum going for next year. Hey, so, Linus, shifting back to Formula One and, you know, your career before this season, you know, you talked about maybe, you know, trying to get into Formula One. Do you communicate with any of the drivers in Formula One, any of the teams, um, anybody, uh, anybody like in uh, at the Nürburgring today? No, unfortunately not. Uh, no, uh, no drivers, no team. Uh, I did race against some of the, the young guys like in, in karting back in the day, but we don't we, we're not in touch at the moment. Uh, did you race against what? Who, who are the guys that they're on the grid on the F1 grid that you've raced against? Uh, so I raced against Norris and Russell, um, and then Verstappen was always one year ahead of me, or one class above. Um, same with Leclerc, uh, he was still one, uh, well, a couple of years ahead of me, but yeah, no, uh, I had some races against Norris, and uh, and especially, I mean, when you look at like the, the F2 and the, the F3 um, guys, those are the guys that I used to race in. 2013, 2014, uh, back in the day, and even like in single seaters, uh, my first year in in the UK racing the British Formula Four, um, I raced against the uh, you know Piastri who won the F3 championship, Logan. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's good good to see them up there. Uh, obviously, uh, you know some nice memories fighting and even beating them. So yeah, for sure. So those guys thinking about those guys today. Um, <laughs> You know, we talked about Leclerc, and, and but did you guys hear Lando Norris talking on the radio where he was completely confused on the track position and where he was? I love the fact that he will just say it, admit it, and he's so. I, I, I think that I think that's a good thing for the sport that you guys have guys like Lando Norris that are that are obviously great drivers, but also good with the media and and good on social media and good on Twitch and all those things. Uh, you know, coming up through your career, do you get instructions on on how to how to interact with the press and the media and the world that way, Linus? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Obviously, you get or you, you can get a, a bit of uh, media training, but there hasn't been any social media training uh, per se, and how you interact and build build your, build your following that way. Uh, but it's it's good to see and. Not just the Lando, but a lot of the the young young guys in F1 now um, starting to to build that interaction. And I think especially now during COVID, uh, when everybody was at home, they they made a really um, well, a really good decision. But they built a really strong following uh, with that. So it's good to see that they still keep it up though uh, between races and everything. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, Linus. Can you stick with us through one more segment? We've got to take a quick break. Yeah, please. All right. Well, great. Thanks. All right, guys, we're going to take our last break and we'll be back and we'll continue to talk a little bit more about the Eiffel Grand Prix in Formula One and uh, our special guest, Linus Lindquist, back after these messages.
Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi guys, this is Pierre Gasly and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Pierre Gasly bringing us back. All right, welcome back to the show. We are talking about the Eiffel Grand Prix in Formula One in Germany at the Nürburgring where we saw Lewis Hamilton win the race. Max Verstappen coming second, and Daniel Ricciardo, his first podium since 2018, first podium for Renault since they returned. Very exciting day to watch Daniel Ricciardo. Man, such an aggressive drive from him. I really, really enjoyed. Makes me miss having him up there at the front of the grid, man. And so we'll see how next year works out. But we have our guest on the line. We have Linus Lundquist, who is the reigning 2020, before the season's over, the 2020 Formula Regions Regional Champion, in F3 here in the United States, headed to Indy Lights next year. And, Linus, I want to ask you about something I saw during uh, today's race. I saw Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, I, I, I said during the break he punted off Russell off the track, but he didn't really do that. It, it You know, he got a 10-second time penalty for that. I thought that was more just kind of racing. What Did you did you see that, first of all, and what did you think of it? Yeah, I saw it. Um, and... I don't know, man. Um, for me, it was. It just looked like he uh, obviously he locked the the right front, understeered a bit, and then lost the rear, overcorrected, and then steered into into Russell. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I um, I think Kimi deserved uh, <laughs> a penalty for yeah. that because Russell was just an innocent bystander, you know, left him plenty of space, and Kimi just ran out of road. Um, but yeah, no, it, and it's one of those, you know, if. If only like they didn't touch wheels, they would have come off with more or less nothing. But then obviously the wheels touch, and there uh, there's a massive consequence for it. So I think that made made for a, a difference in decision with the with the stewards as well, because if they would all just have kept going, and then obviously Russell had to retire. So I guess that that sort of made made a change as well. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it again. I was I was amazed at what was going on during the race. I have like three or four pages of notes. And I was tr- I was trying to tweet for Speed City. It couldn't even keep up with all. There was too much going on. But um, but one thing I want to talk about, guys, we haven't touched on this, is that we had a Mercedes failure today. I mean, the machine that is Mercedes had a car go out just on you know some mechanical failure or something electrical or whatever. Uh, pretty unusual stuff. And less. I mean, I, I I mean we haven't seen much of that at all this year. 
No, that's uh, that's really interesting. I mean, they've been rock solid the entire time, it feels like. And uh, I think that's why it really gives you a gut check when they do go out. And so, uh, you know, not wishing ill again, but I'd rather, sen- rather have seen Lewis go out just to keep the points a little tighter on that and see Botas up there for his second in a row win. Uh, I don't know. That's different. And then you, you had, uh, we were dealing with Lando messing with his. It sounded like uh, he was having quite serious yeah. problems as well. And the thing about Lando is that is his third power unit this season. So he's out of them. Yeah, so let's look at all the drivers that didn't finish. So we had Russell, we talked about what happened to him. Botas, we talked about that. Obviously, some mechanical failure. Ocon, Albon, and Norris. Norris obviously had the same thing, but Ocon had a mechanical failure of some sort. Albon, same thing, right? What happened to Albon? Uh, Linus, you remember what happened to Albon? No, the the funny thing was that I was watching the race, and I literally didn't even realize that Albon was out of the race. He had uh, he had his lockup. The last thing I remember is he had a lockup fighting with the Alpha Tauris and complained that they were fighting, fighting back. Um, and then the next thing I know, he is out of the race. I'm not sure if I must have I don't know been on the bathroom or whatever, but I missed that completely. Yeah, I, uh, that makes two of Albon us. Albon <laughs> had a situation. He earned a five second penalty uh, when he came together with Kvyat, and then uh, yep. and knocked Kvyat's front wing off of it. Now that was through, I believe, some of the uh, braking and the late braking things that they were battling over. But uh, I don't know if he did, uh, if he had some other failure soon after that. I suspect it was after that. That was still up early, lap 18-ish. So yeah, something else came around that took him not just out of competition, but took him out. Yep. Um, well, tell you what, guys, let's take a look at the constructor standings right now. I think we've got those updated on F1.com. Mercedes now 391, Red Bull 211. So that's done. And the driver's standings, Lewis Hamilton 230. I say done. I, yeah, I shouldn't be so presumptive, but let's face it. But so back to driver's standings, Lewis Hamilton 230 points, Valtteri Botas 160. Max Verstappen right behind Botas now. That's what I was looking for. 147 to 161 behind Botas. So uh, that is an interesting tightening up of that. And then Daniel Ricciardo, a pretty far step down at 78 points. And, of course, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, Albon, and Leclerc. And uh, finish that out. But it's still pretty tight. And, in fact, all the way from, really, all the way from 10th to 5th, that, that it really tends to fourth that could change throughout the season so that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch but um but daniel ricardo today i'm going to go back to him one more time and because he because he does have a shot here now at at wrapping up let's say the fourth place in driver standings with uh what do we have five races to go and um Linus, let me ask you a question. Do you have, you have like a driver, you know, like a Daniel Ricciardo who's been ahead of you for several years or somebody that is, that's, uh, that's somebody you looked up to that you try to emulate or someone like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Who is it? Who would be the drivers that you would emulate? Um, I never had, I think, a single driver um, that I idolized, but there were certainly like aspects of 
drivers that I would try to replicate or that I looked up to. Um, but then as a Swede, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like I was a, bit, a fairly big fan and still is of, uh, of Felix um, sure. and what he's done for his career. So it's been it's been nice to, to follow him. Um, and then obviously I started watching Formula One in 2007, which was Hamilton's rookie year. And ever since that year, I started, he was kind of the driver that I looked up to the most. Um, and obviously, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't really uh, dipped in performance ever since. So uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been nice to to watch them. Yeah, I can see how you would be uh, uh, partial to following Felix. Uh, but uh, well, let me ask you this: after watching today's race, I mean, we talked about IndyCar and Formula One. What do you kind of think of the overall state of Formula One right now? You know, there's, you know, we've had in the last few seasons we've had some complaints that it is, you know, that it wasn't as competitive as some of the other series or that we had some boring races, but we've had so much good racing this year. What do you think about the state of Formula One, Linus? I gotta say the state of Formula One looks pretty healthy in my opinion. Um, at least looking competitive wise, it's obviously you got Mercedes that's the dominant factor, but I mean, just look, looking back at like Formula One history, like you usually have a team that's very dominant. There's no way of getting around that. Uh, obviously, you have a couple of seasons that that can spring off multiple teams being in the fight, but you usually get one or two teams that are very dominant. And I think it's just fun to see the midfield um, getting a bit closer and the midfield being so close. And hopefully when the regulations change and with the budget cap coming in, obviously that gap from the top team to the mid-team can get even closer. And hopefully we can have you know, three, four, maybe even five teams fighting for podiums and wins on a regular basis. But I still got to say, you know, because you got to identify sort of the fights within, because you got the fight within Mercedes and Max being up there, and then then you got the whole midfield section, and then you got the the Haas, the Alphas, and the the Williams, um, maybe at the lower end fighting. So it's it's kind of fun to identify those kind of battles and see who who will end up on top. Well, I got to ask you, we're almost out of timeliness, but um, I got to ask you your, you know, the final question is, you know, do you, do you expect the level of success that you've had already leading into when you step into Indy Lights next year? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the target, <laughs> whatever series that I step into, the target is to win. And that's sort of why, why I do racing as well. It's, uh, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but the thing is that we're not here to finish fourth or fifth or whatever. Uh, I'm here because I love winning, um, and without that, I don't think I would I would be able to to continue with racing. That's the answer. Um, I that's exactly what I expect someone with your level of success to do to say is I plan on winning. Well, Len, Linus Lundquist, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. And we will talk to you next Sunday. Check out our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to check out all our schedules and content. Talk to you next week.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 